Oh, uh, well, when I, this is, this first part is just the introduction and everything, and then when I start my share, uh, oh, it's 25, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome to the uh, Step 8 Self-Discipline Marathon meeting. My name is Rachel. I'm a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. Hi. Uh, after a moment of silence, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off. And by the way, I'm going to refer to mine because I got some literature in here, so I'm not just you know texting someone or whatever, just to let you know. <laughs> Uh, to protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed by OA members. This meeting is being recorded by Region 2. Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> the, I'll keep my language kosher. The opinions expressed here today of, are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this one-hour session is as follows. I will read an excerpt from a piece of OA literature... Share for 25 minutes, followed by three-minute shares from those who wish to share. The topic for this session is self-discipline, step eight. Uh, and actually, this is kind of cool, because they said, you know, I was just told that my reading is missing, but I actually picked out a reading <laughs> that I was going to read at the beginning of my share. So I was going to read this anyway. So anyway, higher power, thanks. Uh, the following is a reading from the big book. Um, page 87, and this is actually in the chapter that's into action, and this is part of uh, a whole sort of long thing, I won't read the long thing, called uh, On Awakening, and, but this part I, I just really liked, um, but the whole part, well, the whole book bears reading, but anyway. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbling, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. We, compulsive overeaters, are undisciplined. So we let God discipline us in this simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. So I will now briefly qualify and share my experience, strength, and hope on this topic. So, and I just realized I've left my notes in my purse. So, for the tape, that's what I'm doing now. Okay. All right. So, as I said, I'm Rachel. I'm a compulsive overeater. And y'all are not supposed to be here. When I, um, when I was asked to share... They gave me, you know, several different time slots, and they said, yeah, we're having problems filling the noon time slot because it's, it's lunchtime. And I thought, well, that's fine. You know, I'll eat at 1 o'clock, and nobody will be there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm glad you all are here because you all are what, what 
save my butt and uh, keep me from um, being where I was. And so I'll, I'll just briefly kind of qualify and talk about, oh, and I also want to give a disclaimer, too, that this is my story. Um, I do not speak for OA. Take what you like and leave the rest. Uh, I heard somebody say one time that if you agree with everything that you hear at meetings and you like everybody that you meet, then you're not going to enough meetings. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I came into program uh, in 1985. Uh, and I was 15 years old, but I did not get abstinent uh, until June 23rd of 2000. So, you know, don't have to pull out your calculators, but um, I did not get it, quote-unquote, at first. And I don't know if I ever really got it, but I, I certainly did not get abstinent uh, for a long time. And sometimes I'm afraid to say that because I'm afraid for newcomers or people who are struggling, it's going to freak them out. It does not have to take 15 years. For me, it took what it took. And I can't even say that I'm a, a chronic relapser because to me, relapse means that at one point you were unlapsed. <laughs> and <laughs> I couldn't get to, you know, I would abstain for maybe one day, two days. And then I was back in the food. Um, prior to this, by the grace of God, now 13 years, I did have six and a half years of abstinence, uh, and then I went out and uh, relapsed. So I, I don't know if I have another abstinence in me, but I, I know I have another relapse, uh, so that's why I keep coming. Um, and what it was like, oh, and, and what it was like, I was a, a low, and am, a low-bottom pull the drapes, turn off the phone, isolate, don't show up for work often, compulsive overeater. Um, that's not everybody's story, um, but for me, that that was my story. Um, food was my drug of choice, and when I was on my drug, I wasn't going to do anything else. I was a very low-functioning compulsive overeater. Um, so, yeah, and by the grace of God, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, I did, uh, at the age of um, 15, also start uh, throwing up, but I was never very good uh, at purging. So my primary addiction is uh, the binging, is compulsive overeating, and I was a fat bulimic. Um, so, but I think what it did was it, uh, I a century person in sheep's clothing. Century people are people who have lost or, or need to lose uh, 100 pounds or more. And so uh, at my top weight, I was about 45 pounds heavier than I am now. I'm underweight now because I'm dealing with some, some health issues and actually um, you know, working to put on some weight, which is tricky for a compulsive overeater, let me tell you. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, my God. And, and it's difficult to talk about that in the rooms uh, because it's sort of like, oh, poor you. Now, now you're going to tell us that you have too much money and you don't have to wait in line at the DMV. <laughs> you know. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. So, anyway, uh, but that's sort of my qualification. So... And what it was like in terms of, I, I do want to kind of focus on the topic, what it was like in terms of self-discipline is I, I told you that I was, you know, low bottom. And so I, you know, what I just read in the big book about saying, you know, we, it says we alcoholics, I changed it. Compulsive overeaters are undisciplined. And I know a lot of people who come into program in other areas of their life 
are not in the chaos that mine was. Mine was just in total chaos. My apartment was just unspeakable. I stopped you know, cleaning. There were food wrappers all over the place. I had a cat at the time. The cat box was horrible. Um, and, uh, and I got to make actually a living amends to my cat by you know, taking good care of him after I got abstinent. Um, it was awful. I had bills. I had, you know, those notices that they start out white and then they get pink and then they get red. (laughs) I had bill notices like that, not because I didn't have the money to pay them, but because I couldn't muster up the self-discipline to pull out my checkbook, write a check. At that time, people wrote checks, um, and stick it in the mailbox. And so that was my life. Everything was, I was behind on on everything in my life. Uh, I actually was, I I binged my way out of school. I I did really well. I was sort of an overachiever in in high school. Even though I was still practicing my disease, somehow I was able to hold it together. When I went off to college, nobody was taking role. Nobody was you know, really had a watchful eye over me, and my binging just exploded exponentially. Um, So can everybody hear me okay, by the way? Okay. I usually don't have that problem, but just tell me if you do. Um, And so I, my grades dropped, and I withdrew from school. I had, my transcripts from back then are, you know, weird letters of the alphabet that you don't normally see on you know, that like I and W, you know, incomplete and withdraw. And one of the reasons why I mention that is because, and I'll get to this, one of the miracles of, of abstinence is that I was able to go back to school, to undergraduate at the age of 29, 30, and graduate and actually go to grad school and graduated from that when I was 40. So um, all by the grace of my higher power in this program. So, but, it, but at the time, you know, when I was binging, I didn't have the self-discipline to sit for 10 minutes and study. I just didn't. Uh, I just, I would get, a, I would get frustrated. First of all, it was cloudy, so I couldn't concentrate on anything. So I'd get up and, and binge. Um, and it's funny because when I went back to school, I, I had to retake some of the classes I took before, and I swear to God, they were new. I took chemistry, and I was like, are they inventing new elements or something? Or, you know, what's the deal? So anyway, that was something, what it was like. Um, what happened, I wish I could say, especially because I told you it took me, you know, 15 years to abstinence. I wish I could say, oh, well, I did this, and I got that. Um, and... I can't really boil it down to, oh, I did this. I do know that I just became willing to go to any length. I didn't care. Um, I would, you know, walk down the street with a sandwich board that said, I am a compulsive overeater and I need help, whatever it took. Um, Weight stopped being, you know, I, I really, I didn't care. I would have liked, at that time, I was, like I say, about 40, 45 pounds overweight. I wanted to be thin, but actually, in all honesty, I just, more than that, I didn't want to be crazy. I thought, okay, if I, I hope I don't have to gain weight, which, you know, I didn't, uh, I, but if I don't lose a pound, God, it's okay, I, I, I just want to be sane, and that was kind of my bottom and my, my step one, um, is that I, became reliant on a higher power, and I started working the steps. I'm just sort of, when I do this, I'm sort of checking my time. 
Uh, I started uh, working the steps. I, it seems weird. It took me a long time to admit that I was a perfectionist because when you look around and your apartment is such a sty that you won't let anybody in except for the delivery guy, um, you know, and even then I would just only crack the door enough to exchange, you know, food for money. Um, you know, how can I be a perfectionist? And when I started to get abstinent and, you know, people said, talked about perfectionism, I was like, have you seen what my life was and is? But be- I, I realized I am. And that's one way that I kept myself from not being disciplined. Um, if I can't do it right, then I don't want to do it. And I heard some of this is not somebody in program say, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And I love that. I love that because it's like, you know what? And and when I was in school, I realize I'm jumping around now, but whatever. When I was in school and and still now, I had to, I hated writing papers. Uh, It was much easier for me to do multiple choice tests or true false, but writing papers or essays or whatever, oh my God. I mean, I had to do a thesis. Is there something like, personal about that or I don't know what it is I had this prayer God please give me the courage to write a shitty paper and I still have that you know I still use that God give me the courage to so I could just get something down on the paper I can always revise it I can always whatever and when I started working the steps which I believe are central to steps are central to my life um, they, they are or why, you know, why I don't have to be back where I was and why I'm not face down in the food. Um, I wanted to do it perfectly. I wanted to find the perfect sponsor and do it perfectly. And let me tell you, there's no perfect way to do the steps. There are as many ways to do the steps as there are people in this room, plus one. And um, and I think every way is okay. Kind of same with food plans. I have a lot of people, you know, ask me, well, what do you eat? And I'm, I'm happy to talk about my food plan with anybody. Uh, there are certain foods that trigger me that I abstain from, and I do weigh and measure when, you know, it's possible. But it's different for everybody, and I don't, for me, it's not so much what I'm eating is, or what the food plan is, is that I have one, even if it's just, you know, three meals a day, whatever it is that I have one. Um, so that helps me uh, with self-discipline. So, um, so anyway, what happened was, yeah, I started having the self-discipline. Oh, so one of the tools that I use, and this isn't an official tool, but it's an official Rachel tool, um, to help me um, with a lot of this stuff is the timer. When I use this for the steps, I use this for school, I use this with all sorts of stuff now. Um, I set the timer. Any, I could do anything for 10 minutes um, I don't have to do it all day, but I can do pretty much anything for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's five minutes. My, I started doing my steps. I would set a timer. My step, whole step four, and it's pretty long, was done pretty much 10 minutes at a time. So I set the timer. I sit down, and I do you know whatever it is, a step work, or now it's other stuff that I need to do. Well, and I still do step work. If I want to write longer, I can. Great. If I want to stop, that's 10 minutes more than zero. When I I exercise now, good Lord, I grew up in a family of 
exercisers. You know, my both actually my mom, my dad, and my sister have run marathons. I was the one. I was just leave me alone. Let me sit with my book or the TV and eat and 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 that was you know sort of their cure for everything. You know, well, get up and and exercise. And I was just I was so not into that. And I exercise now. And, and the only reason before getting abstinence I would exercise would be to lose weight. Well, as I said before, I'm actually gaining, you know, trying to gain weight now. But I exercise because it makes me feel good and because it's good for me. That is weird. <laughs> that is weird. Um, and, I, you know, to be honest, I actually, most of the time, I don't enjoy exercising. I enjoy having exercised. Um, but, I mean, there is something chemical that, that happens. And so, yeah, but, but the way I started was I set my timer for five minutes, and I went out and walked and then went walked back. And if I wanted to stay, if I wanted to walk longer, that's fine, but that was ten minutes more than zero. And I realize I'm sort of getting away from the big book and tools, but but all of this, I'm not even willing to start the timer unless I pray. And what I read about, we ask God, you know, God disciplines us, disciplines us in this simple way we have just outlined. I have to ask, you know, I talked about the, the shitty paper prayer. You know, God, please just give me the, the courage to do whatever. You know, opening bills or envelopes. My bills are all now in, in black and white. I don't get pink or red notices anymore, thank God. Um, but I still get freaked out and scared opening envelopes or emails, you know, from work or something. What is it going to be? I still get scared and I have to ask, okay, God, just give me the courage to do this. Um, and I heard something read actually in the last workshop that I was in um, that I love that any small, and I'm completely paraphrasing and messing it up, but any small action that helps us overcome deadly procrastination. You know, sometimes things can just be really overwhelming. Okay, what small thing can I do, God? Um, whether it has to do with, you know, a, a program thing, 10 minutes, okay. Um, you know, okay, God, what, what small, what is one way I can start? Um, something that I like, if I had to, oh, and I actually, well, if, imagine all the dishes that you have to wash for the rest of your life. And I actually wash my dishes now, which I didn't before. If I had to look at that pile of dirty dishes, it would overwhelm me so much, I would never wash another freaking dish. But I don't have to do that. You know, there's only the dishes that I use today, and I wash those, and that's it. And any, you know, this is the whole thing about how do you eat an elephant, you know, which is kind of a bad analogy for <laughs> compulsive overeaters, but, you know, you, you start with an ear. You know, you just, it's one small thing. So, um, so and, and the thing about uh, self-discipline, too, is it can all, often, people talk about, discipline gets a, a bad rap. Um, you know, about, you know, well, we want to get in touch with our inner child and be gentle with ourselves. And I don't think the two are mutually exclusive at all. I think if I have a little child and we're out, out on the lawn um, or something, I, I don't, you know, and I'm, I know that I'm going to be turning my back or something, I'm going to put them in a playpen or something. I don't want them crawling out onto the street in the cars, you know. Oh, well, I want you to be free. This playpen is so restrictive. Be free. Well, be free to run out into the street and get hit by a car. I feel like that, you know, the sort of limits and the structure 
that I set for myself, and there is a balance between structure and rigidity, but the structure that I set for myself is not to punish myself. It's, it's because I believe my higher power wants to take care of me and loves me so much. You know, don't do that. Don't run out into the street, you know, um, because quite honestly, I, I, and I need my higher power for that. So any, any power that I have to, you know, set up these structures for myself, you know, the food plan or whatever, an action plan, it comes from my higher power because I don't have the power to do that. I told you what I was like under, you know, my own power. That comes from my higher power. Um, it's, it's a loving thing. It's, I don't want you to get hurt. I believe that my higher power, that is the greatest gift that this program has given me is a relationship with the higher power that loves me unconditionally, that wants me to be safe and happy and joyous and free. That doesn't mean it's going to be rainbows and, you know, la, la, la all the time. There is going to be pain. There is going to be pain, but my higher power gets me through that. Um, but I don't have to be in despair. There is always hope. Um, and, yeah, what it's like now is I'm facing a lot of things that are requiring sort of some de- self-discipline, possibly looking for another job. Uh, I'm back on the dating scene, which should be exciting for most people, but for me, it's overwhelming and scary, and I just want to hide and crawl into my shell. And it's all for me about the next right thing, you know, to, you know, now do this, now, you know, see the career counselor. Okay, you don't have to figure out your whole life plan today, but what can I do today? Uh, and a lot of time starts with prayer. Or, you know, also using the other tools, um, talking with a fellow, often getting out of myself, you know, doing doing service. Service is another thing that, you know, requires some self-discipline. I wish I could say that every service commitment I have or every time I do service, it's just I feel great. I, that's another thing. A lot of times I feel great having done service. A lot of times I enjoy the service while I'm doing it too. I mean, I won't lie. They're, I just, I love it. And I don't do it to be Mother Teresa or, you know, apply to sainthood. I do it because it keeps me abstinent. I do it because in the big book, it talked about that when um, Bill W. and Bob, who were the two original um, AAers, the sort of uh, grandfather of this program, when they got sober, they didn't, you know, lighting candle, you know, incense or candles and taking bubble baths is great. And I have to do things that help me relax. Absolutely. But the way they kept it was that they carried the message to another alcoholic. So, um, but a lot of times, yeah, it takes some um, self-discipline. So, there's another thing. Does anybody by any chance have a For Today book with them? Okay, that's okay. Um, there's a part of For Today, one of the readings. Oh, you do? Oh, my gosh. Do I have time to? This doesn't take me too long. If it takes too long, I promise I won't take up too much of your time. But uh, 
Okay. Anyway, well, I think this is going to take too long, and y'all don't want to, and certainly on the tape, they don't want to hear me flipping pages. So, um, but basically, it's uh, from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, uh, we gain something like courage and strength and whatever from every situation that we walk through that doesn't kill us. You know, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. Uh, and I certainly did not think that I could abstain. Absolutely could not. And with, without the help of my higher power, I could not. I absolutely could not. I had to pray for help. And that's how it is with, with my character defects, with other, you know, things in my life um, that I know, you know, when I pray, okay, God, give me the courage or the strength or whatever to do this, that every time my higher power gives me the courage to do that, to act in a, in a disciplined way, it makes it a little bit easier for the next time. Uh, it really does. So that's about all I have. Thank you. I appreciate you all bearing with me with my sort of disorganized readings and everything. And um, thanks. <laughs> oh. So uh, when finished sharing, we will now have three minute shares. We ask those of you who wish to share to line up to my left. Um, please focus on the topic of our meeting and end your share at three minutes to allow time for all who wish to share. Um, do you mind keeping time still? So, um, doesn't matter. Stage left, stage right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Wendy. I'm from New York. I'm a grateful, compulsive overeater. Um, it was my vision to get here um, last year, and I was asked to speak, and I'll be speaking later. But I just wanted to share, I'm so glad I'm here. No matter where we are in the world, Paris, Spain, L.A., New York, Las Vegas, like, it's great to hear the same, same thoughts, the same feelings, you know, in other forms called other people and um it's just it's such a gift and I love that you said that you know um even opening up the mail was really difficult you know looking at bills because that had started becoming a problem recently and I'm seven years abstinent but it was starting to be like I don't want to read an email from my boss even though it's great and I have a great relationship with him, but there's just this fear and it becomes so overwhelming and I think for me it was because I wasn't doing all the things in my program that I had done originally uh, that really worked and I wasn't giving back and then as I started getting back into meetings again and getting you know sponsees and doing service the world in my head started shifting so it's so good to hear you out here say that that we are you know we're so similar and I too was stopping showering and you know opening the door only for delivery men it was an abstinent meal don't get me wrong it was Greek salad and chicken but it doesn't matter it was that my world became small again, so it was really great to hear that. And um, I'm just so happy to be here and grateful this program saved my life. And I'm so glad you guys are here. Just even being in the room, even if you zone out, which I did not, um, um, even if you just are in the room and you just are with your people, it just it's so relaxing and relieving. And the theme of letting go, I just keep on repeating that in my head. Like, let go because I'm either in the past or the future like all the time and that's my disease so it's just fantastic to be here I'm so glad I came and heard you um, and interrupted my tan time for that
Hi, Danielle, compulsive reader. Well, when you said we had to come up, I was like, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you. Um, I was just reading this email I get every day um, from a 12-step thing, and it said, we have conditioned ourselves into thinking life is a joyless endurance or survival at best. And I think my struggle with self-discipline is because I don't think I should have to do more work because life is so hard already. And, like, I got through the day, so should be able to eat. And um, that's, like, my, my disease and the way, I don't know, my mind has been developed to, to talk to me. Um, so I really loved your suggestion about the timer because I feel the exact same way about exercise. I'm like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. And then I'm like, awesome. Um, but I say to my, like, I go to certain places where you do 60 seconds, and I'm like, I could do anything for 60 seconds. Um, and then you should, and I, then I'll raise it to, I could do anything for five minutes. I can do anything for 10 minutes. And, um, and I've, I've been here for two years, and I've gotten mad every time someone says one day at a time, because I, that does not compute. Like, I know I have a disease, and I know I'm not supposed to, thinking is not a tool, and I know I'm not supposed to figure life out, but I can't relate to it at all. Like, I don't understand. But when you said, imagine all the dishes, I kind of got it, like, for the first time in my life, so... I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Jennifer. Uh, thank you so much for your share. Uh, I, I really connected with the baby in the playpen who you don't want to run into the street. Um, I was raised in a family full of um, people who suffered from various addictions, and there was no playpen, literally or physically, I mean, or figuratively or whatever. It was just kind of a free-for-all. And so a big part of my recovery has been um, being being gentle with myself as I learn these tools and not giving myself a free pass, like, well, I never got them, so it's not, you know, I can't get them now or whatever. Um, my my life is so much better because of program, but program isn't some kind of thing that just floats in the air. Program is going to meetings and doing steps and planning my food and preparing that food. Um, you know, I had a, an interesting experience. This I just came off of a family trip, which, by the way, if you can do it, do it. Take a family trip and then come to a convention. Um, you get it all back. Um, and both of my parents are are identified people in this disease and they do not work a program and there were some really really tense kind of in your face fights and I was able to clean up my side of the street apologize let my father get finger pointing in my face for about three minutes and then he said I forgive you I love you and gave me a hug and it was the most surreal thing because I just stood there I was like Here's what my program teaches me to do, clean up my side of the street. I cleaned up my side of the street, and then I don't have to worry about his side of the street. Um, and I don't have to get, in, get into this drama and fix this person, because I know, um, 
you know, they say that recovery is for people who want it, not for people who need it. And it's not my job to go around and take other people's inventory and tell them what they need. It's my job, uh, and one of the promises of this program that uh, I will feel... Um, well, let me let me say this right, so I'm just not creating a promise of the program. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, intuitively know how to handle things that were totally baffling to me before, and I can tell you, you know, standing there and having that experience and thinking, kind of almost kind of having kind of like an out of body experience and feeling like this is so weird. I think my higher power is running the whole show, and now it's done, and now I can leave and feel like, oh. I don't have to go and take this out on my kids or my husband. I did what I needed to do. And most importantly, then I just ate a regular dinner, which was a big, fat miracle. So um, thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Sarah, compulsive overeater. Hi, Rachel, thank you so much for your, for your share and for your lead. Um, I got so much out of that. And it's funny, I was sitting here thinking um, about all these kind of parallels that have kind of all come together. And for me, I was a compulsive dieter for, you know, like 23 years before getting in program. And I think as a compulsive dieter, you feel like discipline is all about, you know, following a strict, you know, food plan and making sure your meal looks right. And then, of course, you know, binging on the side when nobody's looking and, and, you know, on your own and then out in the world, you know, really following this thing and being really harsh on yourself, the whole, you know, no pain, no gain mentality. And I think, you know, I'm about a, a year into program and what I've done over this past year is just kind of let go and how appropriate for this weekend, right, is just try to, you know, let go of that thinking that, that me trying to control it and trying to be rigid is discipline because it's not. And the parallel that's coming in is I actually just adopted a dog about a month ago and I'm reading all these like Caesar Milan books about, you know, how to train your dog. And his whole philosophy is like, is exercise, discipline, and then affection. And he goes into great length about how discipline is much like you were talking about. Discipline is all about keeping your dog safe. You know, it's about creating boundaries and, and an environment that the dog can kind of be happy and grow and not just letting it run out in the street and, you know, do whatever it wants because it won't be happy. And, you know, and I kept, I keep thinking as I'm doing all this with my dog, like, isn't that the right way to treat myself? You know, <laughs> discipline is, is, is about keeping myself safe and some boundaries and, you know, I don't need to eat everything. You know, I can have, I can have my, and, you know, a nice abstinent meal and that's discipline and that's not beating myself up and that's not this rigidity that I used to have. So I just wanted to share about that. Thank you. Hi, I'm Carol, compulsive overeater. Um, about seven, eight years ago, uh, the man I was married to, his son from a previous marriage, died of alcoholism. And at the funeral, his mother told me he didn't have the discipline. He, he was one of those people, I believe, that was too smart for the program. And I've always, back years ago, I've been in program 30 years, and my friends and I, I was the donkey of program. I just keep plodding along. <laughs> And um, baby steps got me 
where I wanted to be. And one of my favorite lines from the movie, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? If you've seen that one, the mother is just huge. And she says, I didn't mean to get like this. But if, if, I, if I'm looking this way, that's the way I'll go. And I need to focus on my program and, and put those things first. You don't make time for program. You don't find time for program. You take it. It's right off the top of my day. First thing in the morning, I get up. I have my daily discipline. And it's a spreadsheet. And I check things off. And I don't do everything. I do some of the stuff every day. But I don't do everything every day. And my sponsor once said, I may not do a lot, but I do enough. And, you know, that's kind of the the bottom line. I have to do enough. And if my thinking starts getting crazy and, and um, I'm, you know, slipping on my thinking, um, I can look at my daily discipline and see where I'm, I need to maybe make more phone calls and you maybe need to, you know, contact people more, ramp up something. And it... it it doesn't take – I've talked, heard somebody once speak saying, you know, she figured out how many hours she needed for her program, and it was like, ah, that's a lot of time. I used to read five meditation books every morning. I'm down to one. That's all it takes. I don't need to read five. Um, you know, just the bottom line is uh, I do enough – or what did we say? Someone said, I do enough, I am enough. Oh, there's a third one. Anyway. Um, I heard a joke once in program. The sponsee says to her sponsor, "How many meetings do I? How long do I have to go to meetings?" And the sponsor says, "Till you want to." So, so you know, I do it with my heart for these things because it's taken care of me. And it, the word daily, I eat daily, so I have to do program stuff daily. I can't just, you know, it's like exercise. You can't do eight hours on Saturday. And nothing the rest of the week. I've got to do a little bit every week. And higher power has been so good to me. I got diagnosed with osteopenia about a year ago. And that's a precursor to osteoporosis. So I need to beef up my bones. So higher power and I are getting up a little bit earlier every day. And we're doing aerobics. And I pay myself for the aerobics. The first day I do it, if it's a Sunday, I get $2. If it's, uh, and then the second day I get... And if it's a Monday, I just get $1. And the second day, I get $2. And the third day, $3. And that's my retreat money. So, and sometimes I just do it for the money. (laughs) Hi, I'm a Mary Compulsive Overeater, Obsessive Dieter, and Sugar Addict. Hi. Um, So, I have... Two young children. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and um, I struggle with discipline sometimes because when I have free time, I am so tired. All I want to do is just sit down and like zone out and have my lunch. And you know, it's like I use my lunch time as a time to zone out and do my food thing because it's still abstinent. But really, if I'm really being conscious and aware of it, I realize that yeah, I'm still using food to medicate. But you know what? It's, I've only been in program 18 months, so it's progress, not perfection. So I'm finding a balance of having discipline and trying to set expectations for myself, but not using the times when I fail to do those things as an excuse to beat myself up and eat. Because I, too, have the perfectionistic bug and um, have spent a lot of my life not, if I couldn't do it perfectly, I just wouldn't do it. Um, You know, I was really blessed in school. Things were pretty easy for me most of the time. And when they weren't, I just wouldn't show up. I just wouldn't do it. Um, because it was so scary for me to have to like work and have the possibility of failure. Um, through the grace of this program, I am restarting my acting career, which is 
amazing. I thought I was done with that part of my life. I went to school in New York for it and, you know, spent all this time training and I was just too in my head. I couldn't, I couldn't do it before because I was in my illness. And now I just finished uh, my first acting class in 15 years, got my headshots. I'm like, I'm actually going to put myself out there and I'm really invested in it. And, um, that's amazing and really scary. You know, the first time I never put 100% in because if then if they rejected me, I had something to fall back on. It was like, oh, well, I didn't really try, so that's okay. But this time, you know what? I'm doing the footwork, and it's in God's hands, and I have a whole other life. So my whole life isn't wrapped up in this one thing. It's something I love, and I feel like it's a gift that my higher power has given back to me to have the desire and the freedom to do my passion. Um, and I just feel like I've gotten this whole part of my life back, and it's fun, and it's not stressful, and it's not, oh my God, what if I don't get an audition, and what if this happens, and what if this happens? It's, you know what? I get to show up today, and I get to go play. And that is, holy cow, I never could have imagined that I would be in that place. Um, I'm excited to go out and start auditioning. I'm not terrified like I was. And if I go in a room and I, God grant me the courage to fail at an audition, you know what? There's going to be another one. And um, I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm grateful for all of you. Thank you for your share. I just need to check and see the script to see how much when I... Okay. Okay. I'm Cheryl, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much for your share. Um, I'm really loving this meeting, and I'm so cold in here that I can hardly stand it, but I I keep thinking of leaving because I'm so cold, but I I don't want to leave. I want to hear what you all have to say. Um, So when I think of discipline um, or self-discipline, I think when I first got here, my definition of a diet was anything short of eating everything I wanted at any time in any quantity. Anything more limiting than that was a diet. You know, and I would hear, you know, and I've been here and I've been in Weight Watchers and lots of other things like probably all of you. And I would hear, well, this is just a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. I think, well, if I have to restrict myself, then it is a diet. <laughs> so after 22 years in this program, I, my brain doesn't tell me that anymore. And I think this, you know, the self-discipline is... You know, for me, I, I have these things in my head, and I, I wish it were as easy as saying, get out of there, I'm done with you, but it doesn't seem to quite go that well. Um, uh, I do talk to my higher power. I do get um, grace from my higher power. and uh, But, you know, there's that saying, um, everything in God's time, but in the meantime, you have to do the footwork. You can't just sit on your ass and think something's going to happen, because it's not. And um, I, too, have a dog story. I had a dog who I... I she was a rescue dog, which it's odd to think that she was so overweight, but she'd been bounced all over the place and people fed her instead of playing with her. So she, I, she uh, got a fox tail. I took her to the vet and I said, do you think she's too fat? And the vet said, yeah, I think so. So I put her, so I, so I began to restrict her food. Well, anyway, eventually she got from 55 pounds down to 38 pounds. And then I thought, now you're too skinny, so I let her go back to 42, which is where she stayed until she died at 14 years old. But sometimes I would look at my dog and i go, Destiny, I did you the favor of applying enough discipline that you are in the right size body. Return the favor. <laughs> I used to think, I wish she could control my food like I controlled hers, like you little whatever. Uh, 
<laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't work too well because I could I could reach the refrigerator door and she couldn't. Um, so self discipline and oh, I guess the I, I think this is a I don't know if it's the program that's paradoxical, but we as people are paradoxical. I think because in many ways in my life I've been a very disciplined person, like in my career. Um, and then I think, well, then how can I be so sloppy about food? And, um, you know, I've gotten a lot better. And I have to, I'm one of those people that um, I have to just keep thinking about my progress, not my perfectionism, because I've made a lot of progress, but I'm not perfect. And I kind of think, in my case, I don't think I ever will be, to tell you the truth. Um, so, but I look at certain things, you know, and I um, just think, wow. Uh, another one that, that's changed for me, is, well, I won't tell you because my time is up. But thanks for listening to me.